So good morning. Good morning. That's what I like to hear. Oh, parting is such sweet sorrow. Our last time together, it just seemed like it, it whizzed by. Um, yeah, and here we are at Christmas. And uh, such an important time um, coming Thanksgiving uh, and then Christmas. Um, it's like holy ground. It is indeed. And it's fertile ground, I want to say to all of us. And uh, really the first thing that I want to land on is from our book of Titus. And probably one of the most endearing um, phrases in this dear little book is in verse 5 of chapter 2. And uh, the admonition to we, we as women to be discreet and to be chaste and to be homemakers. And I love that little word. Um, it, it, it just um, has a thousand, thousand dimensions. And indeed, it is our high calling to be homemakers. Um, some of you know that I, I sold real estate for many years. And um, I was thinking of this, of this little phrase. And um, many years ago, I was on a caravan. You go from house to house to house. And we went to this very, very mansion up in the hills. It was a mansion. Everything was marble and gold and, and just gorgeous. Um, so we went through. And people aren't home when you go on caravan. You just go in and you wander around. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't feel comfortable. I certainly didn't want to live there. That's for sure. And at the end of the caravan, we went to this tiny little condo in not a great neighborhood. And um, the, the owner, again, wasn't home. And the minute I walked in, I wanted to stay. It was so sweet. There was nothing new. There was, it looked like probably bought the, her furniture the same place I do, offer up, <laughs> Craigslist, whatever. Um, it was just so sweet. And um, I could picture what she looked like, um, taller or short, whatever, but I knew that her face would be sweet. And I, and I said in my heart, I know she's a Christian. <laughs> I'm going to find her Bible here. And I did. There it was. And it's such an opportunity. Uh, people may not come to your home, but you can take the home of Christ to them. You can take the love of him, of him to them. People are lonely. People are frightened. And it's such a privilege for us to open the doors to Christ's home. And that's why you probably, uh, um, maybe some of you noticed, there's Gospels of John on the table there. And um, it, is a, it is a life-changing book. And I've told my... My testimony to some of you before, but it really the the starting point of of really God grabbing my heart was when somebody walked directly to me and handed me a track. And I know I know people that were walking along uh, the streets of a big city and found a track on the on the ground and picked it up. I know people who were sitting under under a tree thinking about suicide. And they, they looked over, and there was a track on the, on the street, probably the one in the street and the one in the, under the tree. Probably someone received it and threw it away. Well, whatever. 
If somebody else picked it up and came to know Jesus, then that's a big hallelujah. And that's what, what, what Christmas is all about, his big invitation. And um, think of his circumstances, you know, and Mary's circumstances, that little humble place um, that they needed to call home. Um, he was willing to do that. And maybe you don't feel like in some ways that you have a lot to offer. Maybe, maybe your home is tiny, tiny and, and you, it's, it doesn't have new carpet. It's such an opportunity to open the love of Christ to somebody. So, Lord, we just pray this back, Lord, and that you would um, just give us a passion that our eyes would see um, weary shoulders, discouraged faces, maybe anger on people's hearts. And Lord, we would know that you're knocking. You're knocking on those doors. And we would be part of that link. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So now to our, our lovely little book. And um, in Titus. Such a one-page book. Um, and again, like... Like maybe some of you, I, I really couldn't have given you the seven biggest points of this book or told you who Titus really was a few months ago, but I feel like I've bonded. I feel like Titus has become a hero, one of my Hall of Faith heroes. Uh, and again, I, I think I mentioned it, that I didn't realize that his name was mentioned 12 times in the New Testament, so that's a lot. That's really a lot. So, um, so as we as we open these pages, uh, this week has been challenging, challenging, uh, very challenging. <laughs> uh, our, our world uh, week of election, the the world does seem troubled. Like there's trouble here and there's trouble brewing. Uh, just two days ago, I was with a young, young mommy with her little um, less than two year old on her on her hip, and we were just chatting. And she said that her husband worked for um, for Amazon. And the next day, she texted me and said that Amazon just announced that they will fire ten thousand people. Ten thousand people. Um, my heart is just aching right now. I'm just aching. Elon Musk is following suit. And uh, when I go to the gas station, unfortunately, it's a little low now. You know who I think of when I fill up my tank? I think of a single mom every time. And I just get a little fired up. Sometimes I'm just at a point of tears when I look at, at gas prices and, and food prices. This is a troubling time. But in the days of Titus, the days that this book was written to this little church in Crete, um, actually, they hadn't voted because they couldn't vote it. Vote. Nero was on the throne, really ruling most of the world. No one voted for him, and so no one could vote him out. And so if you were a little discouraged, um, welcome to the real world, <laughs> the Titus world. As we start this chapter, chapter 3, when I looked at my assignment several weeks ago, I go, oh no, <laughs> I think Rob should speak this week <laughs> to remind people to be subject to rulers and to authorities to obey. 
but most of all in this first verse, to be ready for every good work. Well, um, I happened to, on election night, be staying with two dear people I love very much that voted in the opposite direction of me. And I was thankful that I had read also verse 2, speak evil of no one. <laughs> be peaceable. Be gentle. Showing all humility to all men. And so with that admonition, I had one vision clear in my mind. It was duct tape. <laughs> Lord, by your mighty spirit and by the power of God, help me behave. Help me behave. Because we've talked, these two that are dear to me, we've talked in times past. But as we talk, the wall just goes up to the ceiling. And you know what? There's issues that they would die for. And as I look at some of the issues and looking at the biggest one in my mind that happened in, in this last week was Prop 1, abortion, and even to the, to, the, um, to the time of birth. And we have to realize why some people hang on to that so tenaciously. It's not everyone who stands for it but some people who had an abortion and don't have a savior, they have to call it right. Because if they call it wrong, they have no washed white as snowness. They have no love of God to kneel before the throne and say, I'm sorry. We must have compassion. On the other hand, we cannot stop being fired up because there are wrong things being done, serious things. What's being taught in the school and what's being introduced to children, even at age five, and some of the, the decisions that are following suit in some of that that's being introduced to them could change their life that they may greatly regret years down the road. So how do we balance that? How do we balance that? How can we be subject? Well, we must be subject on, on some basic things, and we must obey things that are so good for society, and at, in the meantime, to be about our Father's business to be about our father's business. In this book, um, there are so many things that are so powerful to us. Um, and as, as I look at Titus's role in delivering this, this profound letter to the church at Crete, um, he had to be a, a young man that was trusted. He was a man who had integrity. Again, he was trusted by, by Paul to speak it out, to speak it straight, to speak it gentle at times, but to have discernment. He was a young man that was like a son to Paul and also a partner, a true partner in the kingdom. 
Again, I was surprised that his name was mentioned 12 times. As we look at the world around us, there are so many things, and there are so many people right now that are trying to make a name for themselves, saying, oh, the poor, oh, the poor, and yet they become rich in the name of helping others. We're saving the planet while they fly their private jets across the world. And again, abortion clinics. Oh, oh, the poor women. It's big money. It's huge. Multi-billion dollar industry. Um, again, we can get fired up. <laughs> Titus, like Paul, in the light of all that, was the real deal. He was the real deal. And in this book, he showed us, he teaches us how to walk it out, how to be that. As the Gospel of John is written by John the Apostle, another one of my great heroes. He was so contagious, so on fire for Christ that when he was an old man in his 90s, they had to exile him to an island because he was dangerous. He was contagious, and he was annoying to the powers that be. I, I love that. I love that as I get older. You know what? You know what? I don't care, you know? I'm just going to speak it out. I have a hero that lived in my, I had a hero that lived in my neighborhood. Her name was Ethel. And she came to the Lord um, at the Billy Graham crusade, one of the first ones in downtown Los Angeles when it was a tent. And Louis Samberini was her um, neighbor. And um, she lived in my neighborhood for a very long time. And she just passed uh, about a year and a half ago. She was my hero. Whenever I was low, whenever I was sad, whenever I just needed a buddy, I'd just walk over to her house. Uh, she never locked her door, so I'd put my hand through her torn little section in her screen door and open the door and just say, Apple, where are you? Um, and we would always talk about Jesus. Across the street from her... Um, Across the street from her, there was a man that lived there, and he was the captain, the commander of an aircraft carrier in San Diego. And that's a high, a very high um, caliber of being in the service. He was a man of honor, he was a man of diligence, and he was a man uh, that was very strong. Well, he had a, um, a divorce, and he crumpled, and he cried like, like a puppy. I mean, he was just, he was a mess. And what did my Ethel do? She just went over here, over there, pulled him out of the pit, and led him to Jesus. It's <laughs> the kind of woman she is. John, in his, apostle, his little letter, 1 John 4, 17, said, As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. So this book of Titus teaches us that the church is not a club. It's not a business. It's not even a charity organization. 
Yes, we are called nine times in this book, we are told to be addicted as a matter of fact and diligent with good works. But that is not the bottom line. The bottom line must always be souls because you can give a, a person a cup of water and a blanket and a toy and they can still be lost for all of eternity. Those things are the are the, the the lure, but the gospel and the saving and the forgiveness, that's a message that must burn on our heart to give to others. The church should be also a safe place, and that's why we as women and our role here is to make others safe and to walk it out before them. So they see a pattern. I sewed for many years. And some of you that are young, you've never really done this. But we used to get these little packages. And they had a picture of like a dress on the front. And you would take out a pattern. And then you would pin it on your fabric. And you would cut out around the pattern the pieces of that dress, and then you'd sew them together, and voila, you'd have a dress. And so that pattern was so helpful um, because it, it gave you somewhere to go. And it always cut away what you didn't need. And so that's why our lives are helpful to others and um, why we need to be cutting away nonsense and I felt like this week was very good for me um, because I was fired up I was wanting to uh, speak and um, I wanted to prove my point and with this not only the election I had another case I had another situation that really put, was putting me over the edge I, I was I was fuming mad. I felt like somebody is, was taking advantage unrightly of somebody else who is um, very poor and yet would give you the shirt of her ba- off her back. And uh, you, can, you can slap me in the face. You can push me around. But don't, don't hurt somebody who's weak and sweet and won't fight back. Just don't do it. So anyway, um, to the Philippian church, um, Paul also wrote such words that fit right into our theme. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's a good word. That's a good word. So, just so you know, I repented. 95%. (laughs) Working on the other five. Stand fast in one spirit, and that's why it's essential that we don't neglect the assembly together. One spirit, and we're to shine as lights, he wrote to the Philippians in the midst of a dark world. And we are to hold fast the word of life. And so as we close our little one-page book of Titus, I want to, and some of you know what I'm going to say now, you need the word of God to carry you through 
to the whole through the holidays. And some of you have a one-year Bible, and it's so important. So pick it up again. Pick it up again. Today was the 17th, and I loved how, how James has such a good word. It's, we're reading the, the book of James. It starts today. And it's such a good word for us. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it all joy. Consider it an opportunity. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to glow and to grow. I needed that. I needed that. Yeah. When trouble comes my way, sometimes I don't think, oh, happy day. I'm going to grow today. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to try, and I'm going to shine. And my faith is going to be tested. And it is tested when something's hard. Maybe you're going to have a gathering at Thanksgiving. And your Uncle Charlie, he's a case. He's, he's a work. He's hard to love. Um, give him two pieces of pie. <laughs> that's it. And this is, the, this is how we do it. We don't just, that's what I love about the word of God. It just doesn't tell us to do it. It tells us how. Listen carefully. Consider it opportunity of great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. So here's the catch. Here's the, the clincher. If you need wisdom, let him ask God who gives freely. Good point. Fall on your knees when you know that you're off base. I had to. I had to stay on my knees. I had to beg God for grace and for wisdom and for silence. And he gave me that by the power of God. He's so good. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, to be gentle, showing all humility to all men. And here's verse 3, which is so helpful to us. For we ourselves were also once foolish. We once were disobedient. We once were deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Don't forget that. We have the power of God. We have the presence of God. We have his Holy Spirit living in us. And if they don't know the Savior, they don't. I mean, honest to God, it takes the mighty power of God in me to calm me down some days. If they don't have it, they don't have that resource to tap into. But when the kindness and love of our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing 
of the Holy Spirit. Can we never forget? Can we never forget what it cost him? May we never. We never should do that. I was picturing him on the cross, and, and it was the most evil day that had ever happened on the, fl- on the planet. The things that they did to him, the things that they said to him, the pain that he adored. And yet when he hung on, his cr- on the cross, he didn't just pull his hand off and said, you guys will be sorry. You guys will be sorry, you losers, you awful people. He did not do that. He looked down, and I can picture tears in his eyes saying, Father, forgave them. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I look back, when I was not saved, I didn't know where I, I, didn't know where I was sometimes. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who I hurt. Because I was lost, I was blind. We have to have the same mercy and grace that God is. His mercy saved us, and that's a miracle, through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus our Savior. And having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs, heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And that... That is such a big point right now. It is so important to remember that life in this world is not it. And and in chapter 2, it brought this beautiful picture of that wonderful moment that the, 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 in verse 13 of chapter 2, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the hope that will get us through. Maybe you're going through a hard patch right now, but you know what? Just remember, this isn't, this isn't it. This isn't it. When, when I was saved in the late 60s in the Jesus People um, revival, I mean, we were looking up all the time. All the time. Is today the day? I could just kind of see his feet coming to the clouds sometimes. I mean, it was so it was so exciting. In fact, Kay Smith had a retreat one time. And, you know, we always do centerpieces, you know, at the tables where you sit. You know what the, what the centerpieces were? Tennis shoes on one. Another kind of shoes on another. Another kind of shoes. And they were all empty. With that picture of when we're taken, maybe our shoes will fall off and they'll just take us. You know, and so Second, First Thessalonians chapter 4 is such a gorgeous picture. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For asleep in Jesus who have passed already. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will, will, will rise first. And I think that's entirely fair. If they died, they should get to go first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus 
we shall forever be with the Lord. Yeah. I just know I'm going to see my mom when I'm flying through the air. Kay Smith was a really good friend of mine. I went to visit her about three days before she passed. And I had to go. I called her daughter and said, I just have to go visit her. That's Chuck Smith's wife. I just have to talk to her. And she was at that time, you know, wasn't talking, sleeping most of the time. And after I'd visited with Jan for a while, I just leaned over her and I told her all the ways that she had impacted my life. She was my Titus 2 woman and she was my Proverbs 31 woman. She was a little warrior in, in her too. <laughs> so she was an Esther too. And um, can, we, can we remember though, that that's coming right down the road? And, and therefore, comfort one another with these words. That gives us great purpose. I don't want to be ashamed at his coming. I don't want to be ashamed. I want to be joyful. I want to be expectant. And this lovely little book reminds us. In verse 9 here, verse 3, avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, strivings about the law, about the law, the bad laws. They are unprofitable and useless. So note for Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> stay away from all of that. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. Um, you might be thinking of somebody else right now, but I'm going to be entirely more honest than I wish. I felt like I was so fired up that I could be that. I could be that. And someone did write me a little corrective memo, and someone I respected. And um, it was a good word. The word of God washes us, it warns us, it corrects us, challenges us, grows us, feeds us, delights us, and blesses us. When I send Artemis to you, or Tychicus, be diligent to come to me in Nicopolis, for I've decided to spend the winter there. Community. Can't you just feel the tight friendships? Can't you just feel the camaraderie, the partnership in the kingdom of God? So let's close our eyes and just put this before the Lord. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for this precious book. Thank you for the timely word for us right now that we can be a sweet fragrance of Christ when around us, it's not as pleasant. God, I pray, Lord, that we would be vessels of honor, we would be vessels of your kingdom, and we would speak words of love and truth to others. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And they all said, amen. God bless you.